Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. I'm pretty sure you're wrong, but it is time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast, so let's do it. Let's start To wit, uh, the world is, is still largely on fire. There's still a global pandemic outside. Uh, and in America, basically everything is fucked. Uh, so it, it does maybe feel a tad bit wrong to say it's it's pretty okay. It's kind of not. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but... I mean, Ta-Nehisi Coates is, is optimistic. Now that he's not, he's not the one to, we, to we wave should, the flag. But we should find that extremely disturbing, considering his <laughs> general outlook. Um, we we should consider that potentially alarming. Uh, but uh, you know, we took a week off last week, um, and I, I did what I think a lot of people did, uh, and, and took some stock. Uh, tried to learn a little more, tried to think about uh, how we fit into the world, how we contribute to making the world a better place, or how we could start doing that if, as is the case, I think for a lot of us, we really weren't doing a good job of that. Uh, And so I know uh, that that's taken a lot of different forms. You know, we've seen some pretty promising uh instances of people coming together and uh taking all kinds of action people marching in protests people finding you know good organization after good organization to give their money and their time to uh and also a lot of that has has taken the form of uh learning by doing something that we are very in favor of on this podcast reading yeah. Um, I mean, I know for me, I've been offering books to people, offering to share them. Uh, I know we mentioned that last week. I Last week I read, um, I completed Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad, which I had listened to while driving and then, you know, wrapped it up. Wonderful novel, you know, gutting, really upsetting. Um, wonderful novel, uh, read uh, Dr. Ibram X. Kendi's um, uh, how to be an anti-racist, which is a phenomenal book, uh, you know, gives you the right terms and ways to think about things and racist ideas and how to confront them and in a way that I just, you know, is so vital. Um, and then right now I'm reading The Warmth of Other Suns, which is about the Great Migration. I'm really excited to read about that because it, in so many ways that's the foundation um, for, you know, a lot of the populations that are, you know, kind of rising up right now and and everything and that story is is a really important one in in the foundation of all this but you know kevin i know that you're reading too um to kind of continue the narrative of that american history yeah so i'm reading the the new jim crow which i know i'm me too years behind on um but you know one thing i 
have found striking is that uh, we had the book already because Julia had to read it for a class, and Julia said, "Oh, I was so many of my friends had to read it to a class, and you know, in the engineering school, they don't, um, you know, we don't have to read stuff like this." So that's another thing to uh, to think about. But yeah, so I've been reading as well. Well, you know, they they don't make you read it in the economics department either, and the, really, uh, what we're what we're talking about is that that's kind of the problem. Uh, I, I'm I'm more saving a rundown of what I'm reading for my incredibly self-indulgent and probably inappropriate Instagram <laughs> posts. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, that's all kind of us uh, going and seeking out things on our own. But, Max, you are part of something that's been maybe a little more uh, organized and regimented. That is correct. Um my my very noble girlfriend Bridget has started an anti-racist book club um where we will read a monthly book curated from a list probably similar to what uh Pierce has put together or we put together from this from this podcast. <laughs> Don't uh, use my list cuz all of us are on back order right now. <laughs> so fair. Well, so the first book we're out. reading is um Push Out by Monique Morris. It's about the criminalization of of black girls in schools essentially and how our education system can fail certain groups of people but like you guys said it's a gonna be educational i'm not very far into it um but it's great because i you know it's like we talked about we want to educate and and donate our time and money and all that and part of that education is you know being i'm optimistic that it'll help push me towards both actually reading and understanding the content but then also having um, having somewhere to, I guess, speak about it, but I've I've never been in a book club before, so I, I don't really know how that how that's gonna go. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Uh, I am also a member of a book club. Uh, it is different than the one you have described. And then I know Sean, as as we were kicking around ideas before this podcast, and mostly me getting dunked on for having stupid <laughs> ideas, which is pretty typical to 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 peel the cover back a little bit, but. Uh, Sean, you you kind of um, bristled at that because uh, you uh, someone close to you has also has a different experience with with book clubs. It's it's different than maybe mine, which I'm sure we'll get into, and Max's. Well, I'm I'm so I'm not here to to put anyone specifically on on blast, uh, but you know I I think that. Uh, uh, you know, to to make it clear, we're we're talking about book clubs, and and specifically, I think, for the most part, uh, what we'll call social book clubs. Uh, and I know someone who is in uh, a social book club, and you know, isn't isn't always the uh, most voracious reader, and that that like that's fine. I I think that I think that for some people, being in some sort of book club can be a way to push you to read more. I'm a fairly voracious reader, and so I I get the sense observing from the outside, having never been in something called a book club, although I'll explain later that I think we've all been in many book clubs before. Uh, it feels like, for me, it wouldn't work. It would, uh, you know, I, I like to I like to pick out the things that I'm going to read for myself. And I, like, I personally, I see reading largely as a solitary pursuit. So, you know, I, I think that 
that that's maybe where I'm coming from on this. Yeah, and and I think it's it's interesting, and I should um, kind of I think for me, uh, I unlike other people. So so in high school, I think through high school, you still have you have language arts classes as they called them in Virginia, or maybe English classes, wh- whatever you called them. But you did have classes where you probably read stuff and you, and you talked about it in a way. Um, you know, for the four of us here, I had classes in college where we would read books. Sometimes I read actual novels in class and then we would talk about them. And that was kind of the expectation for, for the class, you know, kind of Socratic method type stuff. I, I mean, Max, I assume that you and Kevin did not have that in college at all, except for maybe that one engineering school class. Um, I can only speak for, for me where they would they would have us read books, only the books were really thick and they mostly had concepts and problems in them and you didn't really read them and yeah, no, we didn't really do that. <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. We had, yeah, we had a couple, but the issue is that uh, in the two classes that we were required to take, no one wanted to be in them and so no one you know, people took the discussions, you know, as unseriously as they could or except for you know the star students yeah so so you've kind of you you hit on what i was getting at which is that uh particularly middle school english classes are their book clubs that's what they are um (laughs) but like you know i mean that what what is summer reading if not a book club um but even i uh, even even i the uh the the renowned word lover that I am I didn't have all of all that much uh reading and discussion in my world in college I mean, as an econ major there's a lot of uh a lot of numbers heavy stuff and then I started taking computer science classes towards the end so I didn't increase my reading amount I probably decreased it um but you know I what so so maybe maybe someone else who has been in a book club should uh take the lead on why they feel like it's a positive development so i think that uh as someone who's in a book club and has been in a book club through work which i should say was at the start was kind of a horrifying thing for me because i am not that close to my coworkers. Um, and I thought, oh, we're going to talk about books. I'm used to the way that I talk about books, which not everybody talks about books now. Because you, why would you have done that before? You know, they, people are maybe learning to do it, and and we may, you know, Kevin and I might read the same book, or Max and I might read the same book, but we don't sit down for two hours and and talk yeah. about it. Um, and I would say that I've grown to really enjoy it. There's probably a core group of eight out of 80 because people rotate in and out and show up and read a book. Um, and, and I think it's become really great because there is, there's a purpose. We have a book that we're there to talk about. It's not like a class. It's not as structured, I think, as maybe yours, Max, will turn out to be. Um, there's a social aspect too, but it ends up engendering, uh, you know, and informing uh these really deep kind of conversations about the topics at hand and they do touch on work and and maybe you know how does this make us think about things at work in general i think if you're starting a book club be careful about the non-fiction versus fiction balance fiction is a good way to get your feet wet so that it doesn't start impacting your life so much but um 
I, I also have this idea about it, and I would be interested how you you all feel. Um, but I think a good book club is is kind of like what I see often making a good roommate, which is these people are great in this specific circumstance, but I don't expect them to be my best friends and I don't expect them to be people I talk with all the time because a lot come, a lot can come out in the book club or a lot of socialness can come out in the book club, but I need that in, in special doses. I can't have it all the time. Interesting. I, I, I get... I think I sort of get what you're saying. So are, you're you're saying that you you kind of want the people that are in a book club with you to not necessarily be your closest acquaintances for a, a couple of different reasons. One is that you're not necessarily looking for it to be like a primary social outlet for you. Another is yeah. that uh, – if if I understood correctly, another is that uh, it it sounds like maybe discussions can get kind of testy sometimes, and so yes. you don't necessarily want that to be something that happens among people you're really close to. Yeah, with the car- compartmentalization helps a lot because it it will get testy, and then you have basically a month to to cool off. Maybe you interact with with a little bit, but not necessarily all all the time, and also. Oh, if it's someone you're really close with all the time, you might there there might be things that you withhold because mm. you're like, oh, I don't want to say this because this will trigger them in this oh. way and, and things like that. And not that you want to push anyone's button in a way that makes them uncomfortable, but it kind of by not having that that linkage the whole time with them, it does allow you to kind of come to the book club as you are and and it, and it occurs to me that I, I i think i remember having this conversation with with some people in the book club which is i really appreciate this because i think that we can shed kind of our our work life in a way and bring ourselves to the book club and so i mean i i think that's something that you know if you do go into a book club um you know hopefully you can you can feel comfortable like engaging with the book and if it requires you to maybe not be the normal performative self you are, but, you know, one that is valuable to you. And I think that's that's been a really nice thing that I've experienced. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, so I think for, for me, a book club has never been something I've been interested in. And I, I think it's, for me, it's like with Sean, where it's such a, personal activity for me a lot when i'm reading a novel for instance so much of my relationship with the novel is my relationship with say the main character and like his internal monologue and his actions and so i don't necessarily know if i would be you know comfortable sharing that but that would maybe be something that comes over time yeah but i also think that the reason some people might do it is just to to branch out and get a new group of people to talk to and hang out with so like for me if i didn't have anyone in my life that read books i would probably join one but because i went to the university of virginia i had seven friends that read a lot because everyone's an english major there so i i think that for me it's i there's not like a void that i need to fill with it so that's why that'd probably be the only reason i would seek one out i think hmm 
Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. Also, it's it's worth noting, um, and uh, Kevin, I have a sense of the stuff you read a lot, and sometimes the longer fantasy or sci-fi is not conducive to, to book club. Um, we also just read in mine, we just read uh, Kafka on the Shore, which is a longer Murakami book, which is not conducive to at least a lot of American readers with that type of magical realism. I mean, Max, I think you have a really good example. This book you're reading, like, how long is it? And it's it's obviously has a topic that it is clearly about. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not far enough into it to tell you that much about the book itself. Um, how long is it? It's about three quarters of an inch. Um, that is so not, not a that is not a page nation, but like not a large, not a that's, large. That's hefty like book. that's like less than two hundred. It's probably pages. less than three hundred pages, maybe around two fifty to two hundred. I'm not sure. There's no yeah. way that's two hundred and fifty pages. I would guess that that's like two hundred. I, I mean, I think I, I think in you know in any case, wh- whether it's that like the the typical I think bestseller length book or a lot that we've used at book club or top out about 300 maybe 400 pages of larger type but you, you definitely want something where you're not you know useful there um where you're not um you don't want too complex a story or plot or or, or concept that you're engaging with i think yeah so you you've you've taken me to a a, a sort of unified theory of book clubs which is that and, and just bounce this off of you guys and see if it makes sense. Um, unless your book club is about a certain topic, say the anti-racist book club, uh, my guess off the cuff would be that it makes way more sense to read fiction in book clubs than nonfiction. I just I think that, you know, unless everyone is going into the the group experience looking to get the same thing out of it, nonfiction can be really tough because, uh, if if you know if Kevin likes, you know if Kevin likes animals, Max likes industrial history, Pierce likes books about music, and I like. I, I don't know, me, you know memoirs by movie stars like there's really very so, little kind of topic autobiography overlap. of the founder of ringling's circus yeah that's that's probably about it um <laughs> it's like, a short book club <laughs> yeah but, but at that point you might as well just start a pt barnum book club uh yeah so so that's i guess is is sort of how it it feels to me like uh, you know fiction Fiction is sort of the great bridger of divides. Yeah, and and I will say that uh, two that come to mind that we've read recently, we we read one that was about the foreclosure crisis and some of the shady and terrible things the the, the banks did in, in Florida and, and across wow. the nation with robo-signing, uh, things like uh, evictions and foreclosures. From, it was really terrible stuff. And then we also read Educated, which is the Tara Westover book. I believe that's the author's name. Mm-hmm. When you talk about those, when you have nonfiction books like that, people get really angry a lot of times because, you know, something like, uh, you know, a, a book like that, the Tara Westover, which is has religious aspects in it. Maybe you don't want to discuss that with the people that are there. But even Whereas, that, 
even that though is also a different that that's a subset because that is not it's not fictional but a, it's a narrative it's a person's narrative so a memoir i think a memoir fits in as well even though that particular yeah. one may be a, a skosh more that, sort of third raily yeah sorry i was more saying yeah. that is is that one and then the one that deals with banks and everything you mm-hmm. get into politics in a way that you yeah. you very well might get into yeah. um you know these personally held beliefs that you might get into if we're reading um you know handmaid's tale for instance which uh you know gets close to those things but if you're reading a novel you can engage more with uh the you know the characters and have discussions about that and then you might end up get into moral conversations you do learn a lot about people but you don't also have to be like well you know i think banks are wholly unaccountable for things you know whatever not that anyone said that but you you run the risk of of that in in a in a way and then Mm -hmm. also just generally with with novels there's an endless list of novels people are are curious about reading and so you throw it out there you're like hey let's read siddhartha and then we'll read that and we'll decide that that was a terrible idea and you've just read it in a heavy seas alehouse and you're like why are we here um, and then you have greater considerations about what's the ideal place to hold a book club. Uh, so, I, I mean, I think that that's, that's important. You, you've hit on that. I think novels are, are good. Um, you know, Max, uh, that, that does make me think, you know, you are going to have this, this first book club. How, where are you going to be holding it? Uh, here. Yeah, but... What is the medium in which you will be interacting with these people? Uh, presumably virtually, like Zoom or something. Yeah. Um, so a thing about book clubs is, and especially when they bleed into, they're purposeful, but they're social too. Um, and I just dealt with this. Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts, whatever you're using, really sucks because the fun of it is the cross-conversation. And with Zoom... Each person who speaks is essentially giving a book report as opposed to having a book club. Um, yeah. So, I, I mean, Max, mm-hmm. is that something that you have considered? Yeah. I, 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 seeing as this is the first month of it, I don't think that the exact details of how the, the club part itself will go over, but I would imagine splitting into small-ish groups would be um, the best approach and then beyond that, I'm not sure how those smallish groups could share takeaways with the larger group. But, yeah, it's definitely a concern, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Now, Kevin, as, as someone who's not been part of a book club, what do you think the ideal setting for a book club would be, given given some of the things that, that I've, yeah. I've gone over here, and as you consider where you would be most comfortable? Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe in someone's yard. I think that would be... <laughs> Are you saying that in the time of, of co- the novel coronavirus or just in general someone's yard? Uh, well, honestly, yeah, someone's yard if the weather's nice. But otherwise, yeah, I think a place that has lots of seating, lots of you know, people to your left and to your right, not just uh, you know on a long table across from you. Um, yeah, because yeah, I can see how side conversations can be where you... Cause different people are going to have different reactions to a book and um sometimes it's nice to either talk to someone that has the same opinion with you to see what they got out of it and also a different one to see if there's something you missed um 
So yeah, I don't I don't know if there's a specific uh, a specific place, but Zoom does not seem ideal for it. Yeah, I think if it weren't COVID times, I would I would want to host a book club at like a large or medial medium to largest brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's, I feel like a lot of breweries, not all of them, but a lot of them are conducive to conversation. With they're not necessarily too loud, like a typical bar, and they might have bigger, more open spaces. So yeah. I think maybe that or a place with a lot of large fireplaces. My impression with like the uh, <laughs> the suburban life is that people usually have rotating hosts, and everyone hosts uh, the group, and yeah, they just rotate through. Yeah, I, I mean, if you grow a good group, I think that classically it'll be people rotate it in their in their homes, and it's a really good time to catch up if you have a good group. It's it's I, I think of the stereotypical book club is you kind of see each other once a month, and you might run into each other other times, but this is a time where you get together, and I think that's a really wholesome wholesome thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, in my experience, if you can't do that, especially if it's the first couple times out, uh, that that is a good example. A loud place is terrible because you can't hear anybody. And imagine someone who is at their first book club, and you you are trying to hear them talk. And if you're in anything approaching a loud space, and you keep asking them, "Hey, what'd you say?" That's just incredibly uncomfortable for a shy person, <laughs> or even just anybody, really. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's bad all so, around. Yeah, so Pierce, I have, I have a question. With so this is with your coworkers. Are they people that you? I mean, you work for a big company. Are they? Are these people that you are actually working with, or they just work at the same company? So it used to be the book club was on a pretty large account that I was on, and subsequently, a lot of people have gone off to different accounts. Um, some people have 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 moved and everything else. Um, but there's like a core group of I'd say ten to fifteen people who have continue to come and read the books basically month month after month so it wasn't it wasn't ever people that i was really working directly with certainly none of the core group um but i have grown to like i'll catch up with them it'll it'll mostly be like you know i i hate this this uh this slate of books that are up for that have been nominated this month or or something like that but also other things that come up you know it, it becomes a kind of a an independent person if there are greater like work things that are going on um and i kind of know how they think about things so i i value checking in with them but i'm i'm by no means like super close with them but i'd say i'm closer with them than i am anyone else and it does help in part that i don't see them every day i, I do think that is that is important to have that barrier and then it has me bringing they don't know everything that i'm bringing to book club but we're able to use that time pretty valuably there um yeah okay it's my book club experience wow that's uh so are you gonna are you gonna miss your book club uh well there's there's someone who is um I mean, yeah, I will. I, I've thought about that, and, and actually, the person who who leads it, the the leadership level person, um, I really need to email because we had the Zoom one recently, and there was someone on there who who had moved and, and is is in Atlanta, uh, and uh, she was like, you know, you never told me that that you moved, so I, I need to reach out and let her know that I'm doing that, and, and that's like the only 
not need to know person I feel obligated to, to let know. So I will definitely miss it. But given that there's another person there, um, that person already reached out to me and like kind of jokingly, but pretty serious is like, we should start one here. So, I mean, I think it's a good way to, if you got a group of people that you feel like you should know better, but still with some distance, I think a book club is a really good way to do that. Just don't get too gossipy. And then it becomes a social book club and uh, that could be problematic. <laughs> Yeah, cool. I think my issue with the reason I haven't joined one is because, yeah, I think I uh, assume that it will just be social, and I feel like I have enough instances in my life where I make up an excuse to hang out with people instead of just saying, let's hang out. So well, this, You're worried this... you'll become an insufferable gossip. Oh, not quite that, but... <laughs> but, yeah, you I think to, if I could actually find a serious book... You have to be the change you believe in, Kevin. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, any any parting shots before we wrap this up and move on? Uh, if you'd like to join the Anti-Racist Book Club, feel free to reach out by email or any other form, and we can probably get you signed up. Cool. Uh, you wanna you wanna tell tell people where to, where to do that? Oh, I meant I'm not I'm not. I just meant reach out here directly. Oh. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh it, it, it's pretty okay at gmail.com and we'll we'll pass it along uh yeah okay uh now that we we did that marvelous piece of podcasting let's uh let's move on to pierce sorry uh what are you apologizing for today uh should we go I, I, listen i've got apologies just like we have rejected we have rejected uh topics i've got apologies should we go lighter or heavier oh god um you know the the purpose the purpose of us doing a podcast this week is to bring a little lightness and and silliness back to our lives and your lives so let's go lighter okay all right so so this weekend um you know we've been talking about reflection one thing i did on saturday and it was really great and wonderful uh i went and with a very large group of people um hopefully not more than 10 uh it was more than 10 uh but everybody was wearing masks everybody was wearing masks and we kept you know as much distance as as we reasonably could with you know i think a couple a few thousand people marching from arlington courthouse to the the white house and you know across memorial bridge by the iwa chima memorial um, by the Lincoln Memorial and then over to the White House and then and then I walked back. Um, so uh, you, you need good shoes for that. You can sit that good clothes, make sure you're hydrated, bring some snacks, everything else. It's a long walk. I think it ended up being over nine miles round. Um, so so one thing that I overlooked is is uh, an appropriate sock choice. And, and this is a me problem. This, this is absolutely a me problem, as was pointed out to one of the people I walked with. But here's the thing. I am apologizing to the people I walked with. Not that I complained, because I did not complain. But they were very concerned that I was not complaining. So I am apologizing for the discomfort I caused my fellow marchers. <laughs> because when I got back to my apartment, they kept saying, please do not look at your heels. Whatever you do, do not look at your heels. So I wore low cut shoes and then wore lower cut socks as opposed to some larger socks. So it's like, I wear these all the time. It's going to be fine. I've never walked nine miles in these shoes, maybe other shoes, but certainly not these. I got home and I am sorry to those I was marching with who became uncomfortable because I looked at the back of my heels (laughs) 
It looked like my my Achilles tendons had been slashed and had been bleeding into the back of my shoe. I was just a red mess to the point of I, I immediately had to turn on the, the faucet in the, the tub and just put my feet in there and run the water for a while. It Admittedly, it didn't really hurt, but it looked terrible. So I am sorry for not, you know, not for my own feet, but thinking about other people being like, God, that's a lot of blood. Yeah, you, you subjected people to the rare double shilling. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh boy! Wow! Uh, I, yeah, thank you for that. That was that was delightful. <laughs> yes, you don't normally walk nine miles, so yeah. important to consider. Uh, okay, help help the causes as you can, but wear the right socks. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, so we'll close as we do with a big idea from pop culture and uh keep it relatively short and sweet uh keep donating keep reading uh keep trying to learn and keep listening to run the jewels four because they dropped it early for you and it's fucking great yeah that's about all i have to say on that topic run the jewels is wonderful um i haven't listened yet i will you you should uh okay so that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty okay Pod or at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com. Uh, send us an email at itsprettyokay at gmail.com, the email address that we never check, but it's okay because you still haven't sent us emails. Uh, if you would like to join Max and Bridget's Anti-Racist Book Club, uh, we'll find them eventually, I promise. Uh, you can subscribe to the show on your podcast app and device of choice if you do that uh, please do us a favor um, go donate to an organization and then come back and leave a rating review comment that sort of thing or tell a friend about the show because we'd love to share with them as well we'll be back next week to talk about something else until then I'm Sean I'm Pierce I'm Max I'm Kevin thanks for listening